0: Hey you, I'll pick you up at 10 tonight, whether you like it or not. This world is a strange one. Nobody wants to be alone. But after you hear these allegedly true stories, you might want to reconsider your love life. You see, there's a very cold and thin line between love and obsession, obsession and psychosis. Before you even realize it, the girl who just winked at you from across the room could be smelling your neck while you sleep at night. Enjoy these allegedly true stories. But first, to all you office and desk workers out there, I need your creepiest stories from the office. You can send us your stories at darknessprevails.org. Also, I need everyone that possibly can to follow me on vid.me darknessprevails. It's my backup page. You never know what might go down, thank you. Now, crazy lovers are kind of like Santa Claus because they see you when you're sleeping. Number one, a college date story, submitted by Hal the Bird Lady. I will be using his real name because he's in jail now and I'll even give you a link to the story at the end, which will be available in the description. Anyway, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I earned my degree from the University of Tennessee. Go Vols. I had just had a difficult breakup with my ex-boyfriend, so I did what any other depressed college kid at my university would do. I partied hard. And one day, I met a kid named Micah Johnson. You see, I was at the store, Inside Hodge's library, it was a sort of small convenience store right next to Starbucks. I was waiting in line to buy a pack of Camel Reds. Back then, they still sold cigarettes in campus buildings. I bought my cigarettes and went out to smoke at the smoke hole. A younger guy approached me and asked for a light. Sure, I said, and then I went back to smoking. He began to walk away towards the HSS building. A few steps away now, he then turned around and he was laughing as if he was embarrassed about something. I thought he forgot to give my lighter back, but I checked and no, I still had it. He then approached me again and he said this, hey, uh, I didn't really need a light. I just wanted an excuse to talk to you. I I saw you back in the store. I didn't think much of it, even though right off the bat, this guy was already following me before he ever even knew me. But at the time, I was young and really depressed about the breakup. Plus I was used to being hit on like most college girls. So instead I responded with, you uh want a party? Right now, he asked. Why not, I said with my usual devious smile, the one I give when I'm up to something. He readily agreed to skip calculus Then we drove together to the local liquor store and I went in and bought plenty of vodka. I definitely didn't want to go back to my house. I was a commuter student, living with my parents still. Turns out, so was he, but it's different for guys. He lived all the way out in Maryville. I left my ride on campus, stupid I know. Number one rule of dating, never go in his car unless you've been together for a while. I don't remember much of anything. After the first few drinks, I woke up at my house. My clothes were on except for one thing, something I never give to men, not even to my boyfriend. So I knew I'd never give them to a random guy. I also knew from the soreness around my body that I had been assaulted. I know that's hard for a lot of people to hear and I haven't had an easy life. So I like to think that I'm tougher than the usual girl. Anyway, after that, the stalking began. It went on for six months. He would just show up at all of my classes and everywhere I went. I wondered how in the world he even had time to go to any classes at all, much less do any homework. He was even stalking my professors too. One in particular was also a friend of mine and he would warn me every time he saw him. Then one day he even called my dad telling him that I was doing heroin and to not let me go out at night. This really angered me. It was a bald-faced lie. I was definitely no junkie and I was in love with the nightlife that Knoxville offers. One thing he said that did raise the hair on the back of my neck was while I was outside the library, again, but not at the smoke hole. I decided instead to smoke behind a large concrete column and suddenly from behind me, I heard him say in a soft voice, you know, you can't hide from me, right? I threw my cigarette down angrily and I stormed back inside. This shook me up, but I didn't want him to know that. I had no idea what he was really capable of at this point. The guy was smart. He was studying aerospace engineering or something to that effect. We'll put it this way. There was no outsmarting this guy and I knew it, and he was also a complete psycho. One day, to my relief, I was informed that he had been expelled from the university for beating a guy in his class so badly that he had to have plastic surgery. He didn't even know Micah. He did this to a complete stranger. To my astonishment, he never contacted me after his expulsion. Fast forward six months later, my previous boyfriend and I reunited. We were watching the news one night. The Knoxville Police Department issued an alert to the public that they were looking for a 20-year-old Micah Johnson. He was on the run for murder. I shot right up, speechless. My ex-boyfriend knew it was him too, since he also stalked him, and that was definitely the same guy. Ladies, I know college is the best time of our lives, but please take this story as a caveat. Even if he seems fun, even if he's good looking and smart, you never know who you're truly dealing with. In my case, I was dealing with a complete unhinged psycho who is now in prison serving a life sentence. This could have been me. I still think about that poor girl, the victim often, and her family too. Be careful who you date. Number two, my sister's boyfriend submitted by Madison W. My little sister once dated an emo guy. I won't give any real names, so let's call him Jim for now. She met Jim over Facebook and the two hit it off pretty nicely. It was, though, one of the short relationships she has had. My poor little sister has been through a lot of boyfriends over the years. But this one, this one scared me the more I found out about him. To start with, the first thing I heard about this guy was that he was emotional and he was a self-harmer. I knew my sister had an attraction to the emo style at the time, but the self-hurting bit worried me a lot. After that, I didn't hear anything else about him until after their breakup. Turns out, Jim had been in jail many times before. Later on, after a few years, a friend and I began dating. We still date to this day, and I love him dearly. One day during one of my visits to his house, I told him about this Jim and some of my sister's exes. Turns out, my boyfriend at the time had been neighbors with the guy. He confirmed that Jim had gotten into trouble quite often and was currently in jail, probably for the better. When I mentioned that I hoped he'd stay there, my boyfriend's mom said that that likely wouldn't happen because Jim's mom bails him out every time. A few weeks go by and my sister and I got to talking about one of her exes and of course we got to the subject of Jim. I learned far more stuff that really scared me. Apparently, my sister found out he was lying about his age. When my sister met him, he was 21, and she had been 13. That was messed up in and of itself. But then I also learned that according to my sister, he bragged about the 12 and 11-year-olds he had been with, and this made me sick to my stomach apparently my sister had saved her friend from this guy her even younger friend because jim had been hitting on her an older male friend of ours even offered to show jim a thing or two for my sister and he had done this thing before in the past so he had no problem doing it again jim had even tried to get with his sister hence why he wanted to beat him up i'm glad our friend offered to help but he's also been in trouble too I don't want him to get into any more trouble. I've been told by my sister that he's not in jail anymore. I don't think this young man will be changing anytime soon. I can say this though, my sister and he did not meet in real life. Facebook and other social media can often get you in touch with some very bad people. I honestly hope to God that I never meet him either. Number three, the worst date I ever went on, submitted by Cash. To start off, I only date online and I had maybe only one date that went bad and it went very, very bad. The guy in question barely knew me and we'd only been talking for one night when he wanted to meet up At first it was my house or his, and I refused. I said I wanted to meet in a public place first. I mean, that's safe and makes sense, right? But he was annoyed by this, and eventually he later agreed. So we met that night around two in the morning at Kirby Lane Cafe, obviously not at the best time. So we got a table and we sat down. He begins talking about weird things like how he's interested in people's hands and their fingers, which I thought was a very weird thing to say. He even wanted to see mine and I gave him my hand and he just studied it for several seconds. It was odd to say the least. I tried to lighten the mood by telling him a weird story about my friend and he asked me, so what kind of fingers does she have? I gave him a confused expression What was he talking about? He saw my face, then added, like, are they pointed? I replied steadily with, I don't really know. As the date progressed, the night got even creepier. At one point, he asks me, why don't you come over to my car? I asked why, and he replied, well, I have wine in my car and it'd be great to share it with you uh, no thank you i reply i don't drink to which he said come on just a sip i looked for every excuse i could not to go and i saw our waiter had brought us drinks so then i said well i can't leave now because the employee may think we're stealing he looked annoyed then told me mm, true I just didn't know how this place felt about alcohol. Okay, I'll go get it. Five minutes later, he comes back and brings a Yeti cup, filled with wine, apparently. The whole night was just off. He kept telling me to drink it, to which I would say, no, no thank you. And he would reply with, so I thought you drank. I do, but something told me not to drink this from that cup. So I said to him, well, I just got a new car and I don't want to mess it up if I get drunk. I would just feel safer if I could drink at home. This backfired because then he suggested that we drive to his place. That way I could drink and crash there or he could come to my house and we could do the same over there. There was no way in the world I was going with him or was he coming to my house? So I said no, maybe some other time. As the night was dying down, I told him I had to use the restroom. I spent about 15 minutes in there wondering how to make an excuse not to go out with him. I came back, scared as ever, when I heard the best words come out of his mouth. You wanna just call it a night? And I immediately said yes, but I explained I was tired and had a very busy and early day tomorrow, trying not to get him mad or anything. The last thing I wanted to do was upset this weird man. We said our goodnights, and he texted me saying he hoped he wasn't too creepy and that he was hoping to see me again. I said okay, but that was the last night I ever heard from him. I told my parents first about it, to which my dad looked at me in an almost scared-like way, and he said, something tells me that your drink was spiked. Did he even drink a sip of it himself? I told him I thought he did, but looking back on it, he could have been pretending to. I also mentioned he wanted me to go out with him to his car. My dad seemed to get more freaked out by the second, because he knew if I had agreed to go to the car with the guy, I'd probably not be here to tell this story. So anyone else who's online dating at this time, take it easy and be extremely careful. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Number 4. A Creepy Date. Submitted by Jax Jax. I'm one of those people that doesn't really get into any long lasting relationships they usually end pretty quickly for some reason or another. I didn't consider myself attractive either, so when I do get hit on or have a chance to go out with someone, I usually take the chance. This story takes place back in the ninth grade. Most kids were starting their dating lives, and I wanted to fit in. So I began looking for girls that I was interested in, some that I thought I had a chance with, there was this one girl I had my eyes on. Let's call her Alyssa. I was close friends with one of her friends and was told that she actually liked me back. I took this opportunity to ask her out, and she happily said yes. So we agreed to meet up at the local cinema on Saturday, but she worked late on weekends at a gas station until 11 at night. So we picked out a movie at 11:30 to watch. I was excited and really nervous. When Saturday came around, I had my mom take me and her to the cinema, since both of us were still too young to drive ourselves. We picked up Alyssa and drove over to the cinema. The first thing I noticed when we got into the theater was that the room was empty. The movie started and things went from one to another, and before I knew it, we began kissing That's when we both jumped up when we heard a rustling sound coming from behind us. It was strange and sudden, and I looked everywhere, but I found nothing. We agreed that it was coming from the projector room, so we just shrugged it off. 20 minutes go by, and we heard the same sound again. That's when I took out my phone and I turned on my flashlight. I aimed it everywhere until I finally saw something moving. It was in the way back seating area where you couldn't see if anyone was sitting there unless you had a light. The second I shined my flashlight on the figure, that's when I could make out two eyes staring directly at me. The second figure noticed me looking at it and it looked away. I told Alyssa to ignore it. If anything else happened, we could just leave. Everything was normal for the next five or so minutes until there were more rustling sounds coming from behind us The person was once again staring directly at me and they would look away when they noticed that I saw them. I was a bit shaken up by this and I didn't really know what to do. I texted my mom to come pick us up. Luckily, she replied almost right away, asking why. I told her about the people in the back, how they were acting very strange. Our house is 25 or so minutes away so I had to figure out what to do until then. That's when a massive shadow formed over the cinema screen. I looked behind us and saw that that man had his hand over the projector, covering it. I said to Alyssa that we needed to go now. I grabbed her hand and we started running. I heard loud footsteps that sounded like boots running across the ground. I knew that none of us were wearing boots, so I never even bothered to turn around to see who it was. We ran right up to the front desk and told the only person still there what had just happened. The woman at the front desk called the police and they were there within 10 minutes. Once the policeman had come out of the theater after investigating, they told us that they hadn't seen anyone there. By the time my mother arrived, the police were questioning us about what had happened. We never got a clear look at the man's face because of all the darkness. When we were pulling out of the theater parking lot that night, at last, my heart froze when I saw a figure behind a bush about 100 feet away from the car. I didn't think of telling anyone because I thought my mind was playing tricks on me. I was shaken up after all. Alyssa invited me back to her house so my mom dropped us both off there. Her parents of course had questions and we told them what had happened as well. We were all pretty tired and none of us wanted to be alone for the night. I texted my mom telling her that I would be spending the night at Alyssa's house. She spread out a sleeping bag and a pillow for me on the ground next to the bed. When we both finally went to sleep, it was around two in the morning I woke up to the sound of scratching on the window nearby. The blinds on the window showed a dark outline of some figure in the center of the blinds. I screamed as loud as I possibly could. The dark shape through the window, then disappeared. Alyssa's parents rushed into the room, and Alyssa was rubbing her eyes, asking what happened. I told them what I saw. Her dad rushed outside, and her mother called the police. The police never found anything and neither did Alyssa's dad. It's been three years now without anything like that happening and Alyssa and I are still together. I really hope that nothing like this ever happens again and it was easily the scariest moment in my entire life. And number five, my online date submitted by Kate. This happened not too long ago, when I first got into online dating. I met this guy named Brandon. Brandon was weird, but not too weird. He and I spent several days texting back and forth until we finally decided to call each other. Our first call was strange. He kept giggling like a child, but I didn't think much of it as I thought he was just nervous. I was nervous too. We spoke for a few minutes until he suddenly, in a very low voice, said, Bye. Being surprised and caught off guard, I tried saying bye back, but he had hung up before I could say anything. Fast forward a few days of talking to him with the same things happening every call. He called me and said, I'll pick you up for a date. It didn't even sound like a question. It sounded more like a command than anything. Being dumb and oblivious, I said, okay, when? But he didn't respond, he just hung up. He texted me saying the date would be in a few weeks from now. Not even a specific date. I should have known this was bad news, but I just didn't care enough at the time. A few days went by and I found things in my home going missing. Nothing too important, just a few pieces of clothing and perfume bottles. Anyway, he texts me again saying, I'll be there tomorrow, 7 p.m. Alrighty, I respond, I'll be ready. He shows up right on time like he said. He stepped out of his car and smirked at me. It was a smirk of liking what he saw, I suppose, which I guessed was a good thing at the time. He opened the door to his car for me, and I stepped in smelling a familiar odor. He got into the driver's seat and we were off. He drove quietly, which was odd to me, so I tried to break the ice. I said, hey, but of course he just ignored me. We arrived at a restaurant, which wasn't too bad of a place. He turns over to me and smirks again, but this time he says, Do you like what you smell? I pause and try to figure out what he's talking about. He laughs creepily and walks over to the open door. He grabs my hand and walks over to the front desk and says, Brandon for two. The woman at the desk smiles and walks us to our table. She takes our drink orders and walks away only to come back a few minutes later with drinks then asks us what we'll have to eat. I'll call you when we decide, ma'am, Brandon says. He then proceeds to stare at me as I look through my menu. Why are you staring, I ask. You're just much better to look at when you're awake. I lean away in confusion and laugh nervously. That was the most terrifying thing I'd ever heard. I'm joking, Kate, I'm joking, he says. That was quite the joke, I thought. I daydream for a bit until I feel Brandon's hand gripping mine. I turn to see him enraged. You're hurting me, please stop, I say, trying not to make a scene. He gets even more mad and grips my hand tighter, speaking angrily. Why were you staring at him? Are you trying to get away? What are you trying to do, Kate? Kate, I love you. Don't you dare look at another man. Don't you dare get away. My eyes were wide in complete fear. My hands felt like they were going to break off. I told him to let go over and over, still trying to keep my voice down, but he wouldn't listen. He just wouldn't let me go. He speaks softly now. I don't think you love me. Do you love me, Kate? I look at my hand, and it's starting to turn purple, and I look up at him, Please, just let go of my hand, Brandon. We just met. He loosens his grip, but still has a hold of my hand, and says, I've watched you, Kate. Ever since we met, I could not be away from you. We just met online a couple of weeks ago, I said in confusion, my voice starting to raise. Oh, I know, I know, he says, but ever since then, I just had to know more and more about you. You are beautiful, especially while you sleep, you know? You have such a nice scent too, so perfect. I made my car smell like one of your favorite scents. I have some of your clothes in my drawers at home, in case you needed a change there. I did everything for you. His eyes grew wide as he pulled my hand closer to him, as if he wanted to kiss me. But I pushed him back hard, saying, No, stop, this is, this is insane. With one hand, he opened his jacket and showed me that he had a knife. I could almost cry at this point, but I held back the tears. He got up with my hand in his to go to the front desk as he paid for the drinks. Then he walked me to his car, and thankfully, as we walk, I see a cop car driving slowly down the road. So I kick him hard, and I run, I scream and wave at the cop car, and thankfully, the officer stops, then he steps out. Are you okay? I quickly tell him the situation, and he asks me, what car? But at that very moment, the car sped away. It was too far away for us to get plate numbers, and it sped away too fast to get much of a description. I filed my police report, and to be safe, I moved out of my apartment, and back in with my parents. I haven't heard anything of Brandon being caught. His account was soon deleted on the online dating profile. I hope this guy gets what he deserves before it's too late, because he's probably already targeted another person, another victim to be obsessed about. Something tells me, though, if that cop wasn't there that day, I might not be alive anymore. Be careful out there in the dating world. Sure, you might be lonely now, but after risking your life getting a restraining order from that psycho ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, you might actually miss those days when you had no one, when you hadn't met that terrible person. Besides, restraining orders are paper thin, and your back door is only a bit thicker. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your office scary story soon at darknessprevails.org. Also, a huge thanks goes out to my newest patrons. They are A.M., Ray Schulsinger, and Brian. Thank you all so much for going above and beyond the call of duty to keep this channel going. Anyway, to all of you out there, Stay safe and stay creepy.